On this episode of Resi Week, CES announces their keynote, video on demand streaming fights, and Meridian plus Sonos. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 255, The Perfect Marriage. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Access Networks and by Middle Atlantic, what great systems are built on. Welcome to this episode of Resi Week, your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for avnation.tv. And this week, pleased to be joined by three of my good friends. First, we have Amanda Wildman. She is the co-owner of True media home how you doing amanda doing excellent matt we still don't have snow here in michigan so that means that i can still keep working my butt off it's good (laughs) no i want snow i am patiently awaiting snow it it showed up and it melted and yeah snow is great to ski in and everything not great to pull wire in i want to ski i don't want to pull wire yeah that's where we seem to differ today. Uh, then we have uh, Mr. Mark Feinberg. He's the president of Home Theater Advisors. How you doing, Mark? Hey, Matt. How are you? We got we got our snow in New York, and you know, in, in great New York fashion, it was beautiful for a couple of hours, and now it's just black muck. How much do you still have? Do you still have like a foot and a half? No, I think we only got about we got about ten to twelve inches, I think, okay. in New York, in the city. Um, it's probably Enough. good, you know, four or five still on the ground. It's warm today, so it's melting off today. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. And last but certainly not least, going up that storm track, we have Jason Not, the chief content officer at CE Pro. How are you doing, Jason? I'm doing well, and we still have plenty of snow up here, so you're welcome to it. I can't get across the border, man. <laughs> I, I want to come visit, but I can't. It's, it's, it's a problem these days. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is our uh, last newsworthy show of the year and we're going to kick it off with something about the start of next year uh, this comes to us from ce pros actually best buy ceo Corey berry is going to uh, keynote the digital ces 2021 uh if you if you missed the news i don't know six months ago or so ces this year is going to be 100 digital with more than a hundred conference sessions over a thousand exhibitors and a live anchor desk with i believe four uh, well-known tech uh, faces, if you will. Uh, Amanda, I want to start with you on this. Best Buy, I, I think, is in any normal year, it would be a, a weird choice as a keynote. But this year, they were really influential and, and really led the way in shifting in, in like three days to curbside pickup and, and all of the things that now are commonplace around <laughs> around the globe uh, for shopping and, and for, for obtaining things, they, they pivoted faster and, and showed not only leadership, but just foresight that they, they really haven't had uh, for the last couple of years. So I think it's fantastic that she is going to be keynoting this. What is, what is your takeaway? What, what do you think that attendees are going to get from her session? Is she going to uh, talk specifically about those those transitions, or is she going to sales pitch it? 
you know, I think that one, she'll talk about those changes and those pivots and stuff, but also I think that it, it tells a lot about her, you know, being a female CEO of a tech company. I mean, she's a mom too. So she's really big on like, you know, multitasking. So I think that that's awesome and having to pivot. I mean, I think that that's something she's probably well used to, but I also think it's going to be a huge opportunity for her to potentially speak about diversity and inclusion. I know a lot of her conversations and stuff have been around that. So, um, and I think that we've found this year, you know, with people working remotely and working from home, that there's a lot more flexibility, a lot more people are interested in getting involved in our industry. And not only do we have to be flexible with how we do things, but who we do things with. So I think bringing other perspectives, hiring on the people that maybe don't look exactly like us and bringing new concepts and new ideas. So I, I'm actually pretty excited about it. I, I will note that she is not the only uh, keynote speaker. They are also including Verizon's Hans Vesberg and one of my favorites, uh, General Motors' Mara Berry, as well as uh, Dr. Lisa Sue from AMD and Warner Media's Anna Sarnoff. I think I said that right. Um, but if you're going to catch anything, definitely catch uh, Corey Berry's keynote as well as Mary Berry. I've heard her speak quite a few times, and she's phenomenal. So one thing, one thing I hope she talks about, mm-hmm. and you're talking about how they were able to kind of pivot when the pandemic hit, but it's almost like they had some sort of a crystal ball to know to set up the total tech support program. If everybody knows $199 a year or 17 something a month or whatever the number is, that you get access to a Best Buy support per tech support person to call Mm -hmm. Uh, if you're having problems with anything in your home and they have 2.3 million subscribers to that, uh, which adds up to over $9 million, you know, uh, um, actually it's more than that. I'm very terrible at math, but, um, but they said the usage increased exponentially during the pandemic. So think about how perfectly timed that was to have that service in place before the pandemic hit just, you know, I don't want to call it sheer luck. Somebody, they're just some, some smart people over there. Yeah, very much so. She, remember, she also worked in that whole area, in that whole department. She was promoted up, but one of her areas was working in with the Geek Squad and working within that, that whole entire area. So That is how our industry is going. I mean, the whole concept of remote support and charging for it has been reached for years to by us and to us. So um, you know, it's not like it's a new idea. Matt may have had something to do with that. Yeah, totally. So Mark, let me, let me ask you this with CES being digital, this is not an event that lots of integrators go to. There, there are some that go to, but it's not, it's usually not at the, the, the top of the list that dealers attend because it's digital. How much time should integrators pay to this? Should, should they devote to this show this year? I'll be honest. I'm a little excited. It's digital because I've never gone because it's, um, I don't know how relevant it is. I've heard it's not super relevant. It's very IoT and DIY and you know, and cell phone cases. Um, and it's very expensive because all the rooms are kind of at rack rate by the time you get to, get to Vegas for this. So I'm excited to be able to log into some of the some of it and, and really see what CES is as opposed to just kind of hearing about it. I think people like me should give it a shot. If you've never been, um, it's a great opportunity probably to see at least somewhat of what it is, you know, judging by how the other virtual shows have gone, it's not going to be a great example, 
um, but at least we'll give you a, a concept of the content, watch a couple of keynotes, whatever. So I think, you know, integrators who have not made it to CES should give it a shot, give a couple of hours to it at least and listen to a couple of keynotes. Yeah, for sure. Jason, what is, what does success look like for CES this year? We, we, we've seen digital shows come off and be fairly effective, we'll say, uh, with, with Infocom, with Cedia, <coughs> excuse me, with, with quite a few other shows. What is success going to look like for CES? Well, for several years now, CES has been two, driven by two things. One is it is first and foremost a media event. And it's all about, if you look at all of the television programming, all the tech uh, um, writers, it's about exposing your idea to the general media and, and the populace. Um, and making it all digital might even expose it to more media who weren't there in the past. So secondly, it's been for, the, for I would say, the last you know, at least half a dozen years, uh, an international event. So it's where it was, you know, they have a huge Shenzhen area. It's a, it's a lot of international um, suppliers. I think ISE for the past several years, the, the success of ISE has eaten into that a little bit. Um, but um, I think it will be driven by those two things, the number of international attendees and because that's where a lot of uh, the vendors go to meet their international suppliers and to the number of media. Yeah, very good. All right, let's move on to our next story of the day. This comes to us from Residential Tech Today. Video on-demand streaming platforms are fighting for popularity and months increasing competition. If you if you missed the announcement a couple of days ago, uh, Warner Brothers announced that they are going to stream over HBO Max uh, day and day for quite a few of their theatrical releases, starting with Wonder Woman 1984 on Christmas Day on December 25th. They're going to do that day and day. Uh, Mark, when when you follow this, when you follow this expansion of streaming platforms, this reminds me of back heck when I started and you had to kind of know the differences between the satellite providers and the cable providers. So if your clients were moving homes or if they were unhappy with the service, they'd talk to you your, you know, as, as a trusted advisor and say, hey, should I be going with, in, in our case up here, you know, Bell or, or StarTech or, or Rogers? Which one should we get? Is this having the same impact or are clients just kind of grabbing things based on what show they want to watch that week? And I, well, I still get the, you know, should I get Fios or Spectrum? So I still get the, which provider should I get? <laughs> um, and I, I honestly get less of that for the streaming because almost everybody has Netflix by now. Everyone has Amazon Prime delivery. So half of them, my clients don't even realize they get Prime Video included with that. So when I tell them that, they've already got two of the top players and if they, and then they subscribe to showtime or hbo or something so they get that the only I'll, real the only the major questions i get are the the live the the, the cord cutter solutions of you know mm -hmm. youtube tv or hulu live or um what is it at&t now or whatever direct tv now became i can't remember what that happened, what happened with that one those are the big questions i get and, and honestly what i tell them is you know it really depends on what you watch as a family it becomes more of a lifestyle question. Are you big sports people? Are you more movies? Like, you know, how do you, how do you use your DVR? And frankly, I just tell them your best bet. They all have free trials, whether they're one week, two week or 30 days, 
give each one a shot, see which one fits your family's needs the best um, for the, for the, the cut the cord cutter solutions mm-hmm. for the VOD solutions. I mean, more than Netflix, the, you know, the, the prime, the, the HBO max, <laughs> the challenge I see now is you almost have to have like five or six subscriptions between Apple TV plus and Disney plus and HBO max and, and, and Netflix and Amazon and Hulu to get everything. There's, there's no one place to get it all. Um, and I found most people kind of, they're good with two typically, mm-hmm. maybe a third, um, a lot of people got Disney Plus, um, you know, when Hamilton became available or when they got Star Wars and Mandalorian. It tends to be show driven. Yeah. You know, they're like, oh, I want to see this. So I'm going to get that channel. And then either they keep it or they, they drop it when they're done watching it. Yeah, very good. Jason, I, uh, I, I saved this question for you because we've I, I feel like you and I have talked about this four or five times this year. Is day and day going to be the driver of of the competition between these networks or is that going to fade and content will continue to uh like original content will continue to drive that competition between all the different platforms if i had to guess it's going to be the original content i gotta think that once we're past the pandemic that that movie theaters will return people will enjoy going going back to movie theaters and and that business in some semblance will come back, um, whether it's exactly the way it was before the pandemic, I don't know. Um, but I think there's something like 60 plus streaming services now yeah. uh, to choose from. Uh, so the bigger question that I would have for, for Amanda and Mark is, do you see a time where all these streaming services are embedded it natively into smart TVs and you're going to not install AVRs anymore. And, you know, you probably don't install as many media servers as you used to anyway already. Um, but is that is the streaming service trend going to change the way you design a system for the home? And it's just straight to the smart TV without any sort of a hardware device that manages um, that content. I, I would say for us, it already kind of has a little bit. I mean, we're, you know, it's much more like, you know, for the ancillary TVs, maybe you're still having like dedicated in like the theater room or the main viewing room where they're going to do a little bit more of, you know, kind of like a setup. But when you're looking at, like, you know, just the master bedroom or, you know, the kids rooms, I mean, the kids don't even know what a cable box is anymore. Right. I mean, my kids are like, oh, my God, mom, like that's so old school, you know, like. Who, who still even sets or sets that stuff up or installs that stuff. But the kids, like, I mean, they know it like the back of their hand. And I mean, they're using it for so much stuff, like not even just streaming services, but I mean, my kids, all this pandemic, like they're watching TikToks and like, you know, just air playing it up to the TV. Like, you know, Hey mom, you got to watch this. They'll interrupt my show which makes me crazy, but they'll quick throw a TikTok, you know, like up on the thing. I mean, I have teenagers, so, you know, this is how our life goes. I mean, we sit around, it sounds terrible, but we sit around the family room and like, yeah, we might be watching one main show all together, but I look around and like, I'm on my laptop, my husband's on his cell phone, the kids are on their cell phones and, you know, we'll pause something and, hey, this was kind of funny. Oh, what are you watching? And you just quick airplay it up to the TV and, you know, so it totally changes the experience and it changes the hardware. And I think people are going to 
subscribe to one service to binge all the shows that they want. But then you go through a phase where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so over Netflix. I've binged everything that I think I want to watch. So then you go over to like Amazon Prime and then you really hit Amazon Prime for a while and you're binging something there. So I think without having to change the hardware, it's really nice. People can just like, okay, I want to go watch this season. That season they can move around. Good. All right, let's change topics again. This comes to us from Residential Systems. Meridian is now joining the certified by, uh, or sorry, Meridian has been certified by the works with Sonos program. Sorry, John, don't don't yell at me for that one. Uh, it provides the ability for Meridian speakers to instantly wake and change inputs just by pressing play in the Sonos app. Jason, I, I want to start with you on this one. This is a at first glance, this is an interesting marriage. Strange bedfellows, I think. Strange bedfellows, yeah. but also really the best of both worlds. You have Meridian, who is arguably the, the, the top of the top, or at least in that top tier of ultra-premium listening experiences. And then you have Sonos, who is the top of the top for customer experience. Now, I didn't say dealer experience. I said customer experience. This is the this is the platform that every customer wants to use, no matter what we as dealers like to think. Is this not the perfect marriage of giving pretty much the biggest library of content available across streaming platforms and putting it in a seamless system with some of the best loudspeakers out there? Yeah, I think it, it just goes to reiterate and solidify what we've been talking about for who knows how long now is and the strength and power of, of Sonos and their momentum, you know, in the marketplace. And they have a very strong market usage uh, amongst integrators, as much as integrators like to to poo-poo the, the, the business model there. They use it, they deploy it more than any other uh, speaker. Um, you know, I had a conversation the other day with, uh, I think it was an online, uh, one of the high-end audiophile guys was posting about how now consumers, because of their smart speakers, are no, now want are want active speakers. They want, you know, we used to only have to plug in the subwoofer. Now they want, they don't think a speaker is good unless you can be, it's plugged in and got a power to it because they've been, their mindset has been changed by having a Sonos in their home that had, they had to plug in. So, um, you know, I think it's, it's a great, it's a great deal for both of them, you know, Meridian from them, from uh, exposing them to the, that, that, um, that client base that Sonos has, it's, you know, hopefully going to upsell into higher level speakers and, and Sonos obviously getting to, to work with one of the most renowned brands in the audio space. Yeah. Very good. Amanda, when, when you see this, is this not a really smart move on Meridian's part to not go out? We, we've seen manufacturers in the past, create streaming quote unquote platforms so that they can bring in music services and they're clunky. They're frustrating. They're annoying. I have a client right now that we are trying to convert to Sonos from arguably a much better by the audiophile opinion streaming platform, but his speakers only work half the time because the platform is questionable. Is this, is this genius? Is this something that will be a passing fade and not used by too many Meridian owners? Well, I would just like to say bravo to Meridian for not choosing to be a blockbuster. 
you know, blockbuster video, when, when Netflix came with a new idea and a new concept and they wanted to walk away from it, you know, and look at what's happened. I mean, they're, they're embracing what the consumer is asking. And I had a long conversation with John um, about this actually just a couple of days ago. And I said, you know, like for me, you get these couples and you get these clients, you know, one of their first purchases when they're first, you know, get their good job and, you know, get their first apartment, they might be set up with a Sono system, you know, and then everybody wants, where do I go next from there? Where do I upgrade? Well, if you're so familiar, you know, with the streaming platform that what, you know, Sonos has, where do I go next? It's a op huge opportunity because I know everyone out there that does Sonos complains there's not enough margin or, you know, whatever in it. But the trade-off is, is there might not be as much margin as what you'd like. The trade-off is, is you never go back. Like you don't ever have to retrain anybody in the household how to use it. I mean, everyone from the three-year-old kid in the home up to the 90-year-old grandma, can everybody can figure out how Sonos works. So how do you differentiate it now? Now you have the ability to make your margin or to upgrade the user experience because you don't want just the basic or what you had, you know, when you first moved out into your first house we're going to keep the experience the same, but we're going to add, you know, much better sound, much better acoustics. And we're going to upgrade to some kick ass looking speakers, quite frankly. Not to mention they sound pretty good too. Oh uh, yeah. They're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I told John, I said, I've never coveted anything until you go sit in the CDA HQ and you get that seat in just the right spot with those oh, like meridians. I mean, like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, Mark, let me, let me kind of pull for a minute on your background, sure. not, not your current day job, but your background. One of the things that gets overlooked a little bit is Sonos is a public company. They are in the business of making money for their shareholders. This is a kind of a, a continuation of their expansion without expanding products. Is this some of the things that we can expect to continue to see Sonos do? as far as partnering and, and potentially, dare I say, licensing, as, as we talked about last week on the show, yeah. to continue to not only stay relevant from a, from a Wall Street situation and a, honestly a, a business life situation, but how to continue to just grow that pot and, and grow that um, notoriety. I mean, you know, they've got to show quarter over quarter increases, right? Or year over year by the quarter increases. That's what Wall, that's all Wall Street looks at. You manage to the quarter. That's kind of the, the bane of being a public company. You really don't have a choice. Um, so yeah, I mean, if they, can, if they can increase their footprint and grow the pie without having to add SKUs, add manufacturing capacity, ship it, deal with obsolescence, deal with defectives, although they don't have a whole lot of issues with obsolescence and defectives, but even so, um, you know, uh, dealing with RMAs, they don't have to worry about any of that. I mean, yes, they're selling, they're going to be selling the, you know, the connect that, or the port that will go into the Meridian, but you know, they're, they're really opening up a market that they never, I don't think they probably ever had before of a, of a, a true audiophile. Audiophiles completely poo-poo Sonos. Um, and this gives them not just the market, but a lot of credibility to now expand. Um, I, I will be honest, I, I am, I'm a little behind in my Resi weeks, so I haven't listened to last week's yet, but I'm guessing you discussed the Nuvo licensing Mitch, deal. Mitchell, we're, we'll have to yeah, I'm cut. cut this section out. At, le at least I'm honest. Um, <laughs> yes, the Nuvo licensing deal. Right, so I was gonna bring that up, so I'm glad you mentioned it. I didn't sound like a total idiot. <laughs> 
was like, oh, I'm going to mention Nuvo and I'm going to be like coming, you know, coming up with something really incredible. Um, but you're right. That's, I mean, that is how they're going to expand. I mean, I came out of a, a, a company that was, it was, it was clothing, but their business, a big part of the business model was licensing. We were a huge licensee for Calvin Klein. We did Calvin Klein jeans and Calvin Klein underwear and Calvin Klein loved it. They got their 8% a year on everything we sold and they did nothing for it. So if Sonos can continue doing that, kudos, man, they're going to, they're going to just, it's just going to, Wall Street's going to love them. Well, and it is something to say when you, because Sonos has had their works with Sonos program for a mm -hmm. while now, Jason, I can't remember how many years it's been now, but this is something where when you go down that, not only that licensing game, but that interfacing with something that already has a quality DAC, that has been the, that has been the issue with putting Sonos into an audiophile situation is, well, yes, but now we have to put it into this system. Meridian already has that built in. They've, they've, they've jumped, not jumped the gun, but they've, they've jumped over that step. It's to me, it's the perfect marriage. Yeah, I would agree. I think it's, um, it's, you know, Mark hit the nail on the head there. I think it's, it's, uh, they're going to get licensing money for doing nothing. Um, but at the same time, they've combined with, you know, one of the preeminent brands. So I, I think it's a win-win and it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, I remember when Sonos came out, everybody thought wireless in general was no good. You know, the, oh, how dare you, you know, and, and the integrators still do, prefer, do prefer to do hardwired systems. We know um, from the data, but, they still they, they do they do Sonos in great numbers, so I think this is a great a great deal. I'm I'm excited about it. Yeah, me too. All right, let's leave it there. Uh, of course, unless Meridian wants to send me some speakers to demo this, I will happily, Mr. Buchanan, take you up on that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to leave it there. Thank you all for joining us, uh, Amanda. If people want to connect with you, learn more about True Media Home, where can they do that? On all the socials, I'm at True Media Home. So Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, you can find me there on LinkedIn. It's just my name, Amanda Wildman. Uh, but yeah, love to see you. And I love to chat, catch up with you in a chat room or talk about product or anything AV. Excellent. Thank you, ma'am. Mr. Feinberg, thank you for joining us from that penthouse apartment. If people want to connect with you, learn more about Home Theater Advisors, where can they do that? Uh, best is Mark at Home Theater Advisors or uh, Facebook and Twitter, Home Theater Advisors or HT Advisors. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Mr. Knott, as always, thank you for gracing us with your presence. Uh, always appreciate having you on. If people want to connect with you, uh, learn more about CE Pro or catch your podcast, where can they do that? They can always go to cepro.com and they can follow me on Twitter at Jason W. Knott. And I just want to say, Thank you, Matt, uh, for inviting me throughout the year. And, and I'm glad we all survived 2020. And, and what you do at AV Nation helped us uh, a little bit, uh, make it a little more palatable this year. Glad we could help. That's the, uh, that's the goal. Thanks again, all of you, for uh, joining us this week. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, la, la, la. crap. Sorry, Mitchell. Three. Two, I'm a professional. This is my first day. Three, two, one. Uh, thank you again, all of you, for joining us. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of all the other shows with all the other verticals that we cover. 
When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week. Thank you.